to Midlife Moxie. We are a community and podcast all about midlife women making this one of the best seasons of their lives. Well, I'm one of your hosts, Gail. And I'm Christina. We're going to be sharing our stories, struggles, and joys while bringing you experts on topics that you care about. And we're going to do it while having a whole lot of fun. So buckle up, girls. Let's get our Moxie on. Welcome to Midlife Moxie, where we're all about women making midlife one of the best seasons of their lives. I'm your co-host, Gail. And I'm Christina. And we are so excited about our guest today. She's going to be talking about fitness in midlife, and that's a whole new ballgame. But first, Christina, I have to ask you a question. Are you ready? Absolutely. Do you ever have boob sweat? Yes, all the time. Isn't it just gross? And as we age and go through menopause, our scents can change, our body odors can change. It can just be a real mess, right? Yes, it can. Well, help is on the way. We want to welcome our new partner, Boobalicious Products. She makes all natural vegan skin hygiene products, including a stick for your breast and some products for your other parts. And y'all, our listeners are getting a 10% discount when you shop on her website and use the code MOXIE. That's MOXIE, M-O-X-I-E. So go to her website at love, L-U-V, products.com. That's loveboobaliciousproducts.com and love is L-U-V. So Christina, are you excited for today's show? Uh, yes, because I'm all about the fitness girls. So I yes, know you are. I know you are. And we are going to welcome Shannon Patterson. Shannon is a specialist in women's fitness and she is incredible. I, um, I can't say that I'm as into fitness as Christina is, but I want to be healthy, right? Doesn't everybody want to be healthy? But Christina, you're kind of into the whole, you know, carve that body thing, right? Yes. Yes, I am. I love to work out every morning. Um, I think that it provides really good brain function and we have an expert here, so I'm sure that we can ask those kinds of questions. Um, And I think in midlife, at least what I have found is that my brain health is super important to me and this is a part of making my brain healthier. My friend certainly needs some health. Well, let's bring in the expert. (laughs) She does virtual (laughs) training for clients across the U.S., and she's the owner of Achieve Multisport Coaching and Personal Training. Shannon has a BS in exercise and sports science from Penn State University. Y'all, she's smart. She's also a certified personal trainer a USAT certified triathlon coach, an RRCA certified run coach. But y'all listen to her personal accomplishments. A three-time Ironman triathlon world championship competitor. Y'all, if I submitted to be in a triathlon, they would just laugh their heads off. A 17-time Ironman finisher. Boom, girl did it. 43 marathons. Wow. She's a published writer, a motivational speaker, and she also hosts hikes and yoga retreats. And 
y'all. She's here with us today. I'm so excited. Welcome, Shannon Patterson. Thank you, ladies. So happy to be here with you. Shannon, I'm going to admit, I'm a little out of my element. I was a jock growing up. I was an athlete. But what we do today is so different than, you know, three years ago when I was in high school. Let's just say that. (laughs) So tell us what has changed about fitness in general inside the last 20 years. That's yeah, that's a great way to start. It's it's interesting having been in this industry for 25 plus years that, you know, in the 80s and the 90s it was all about how hard could you push? How long could you go? How intense could that be? And push 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 and no pain no gain and all that, you know, mentality that we had. And what we've learned, people like me who've been lifetime athletes, is that when you do that all the time, you get injured over and over and you get burned out and you end up with, you know, really not being able to do what you like to do anymore because your body has adapted to all these injuries. So I think what's really great about fitness now is we're realizing the importance of the whole picture of rest and recovery of eating well, not just like cutting out an entire food group, like, you know, carbs are bad or fat is bad, like in the eighties. Um, and actually, you know, what, how important is your sleep? How important are your stress levels? All those things that, you know, we have to, that all encompasses fitness. So I think we're looking at it from a larger perspective and from a more holistic, like healthy perspective. So the buzzword now is health, right? That's basically what I'm hearing you say. I think, yes, I would say health, as long as people understand that that's not just one thing, that it is the whole picture of health, yes. And, you know, one of the things that you said was, you know, back in the 80s, the fat, you know, everybody was like, oh, you know, we have to eat fat free or we have to eat um, low sodium. Um, what were, what were some of the other like fads that were out there? Right. And now we're learning just with the evolution of fitness, um, health and things of that nature, we're seeing more about balance. And I heard you say sleep, which really intrigues us at midlife, right? Because sleep is a challenge. So Shannon, can we just talk a little bit about how sleep is really important for the recovery of the body? I tell y'all how late I was up last night. So you just get <laughs> I don't that. think you ever sleep, girlfriend. I'm like, you're always online. She doesn't. Yeah. doesn't ever sleep. It's a I'm trail like, tell of me when naps sleep. is what it is. It's a trail of naps. <laughs> Yeah. I told her, tell tell me when you sleep so that way I can work when you're sleeping or it's a constant flow of, what are you doing? Okay, I have this idea. I have this idea. I'm like, oh my gosh, so many ideas. Go to sleep. <laughs> I do have an idea, Bennett. I'm not going to lie. And a lot of them occur in the dark. You know how that is. So Shannon, how is sleep playing into our overall health? Well, and you know, midlife moxie. I mean, this is something that women, before we even hit menopause, we go through that whole premenopausal phase of, you know, your body's changing and you're not sleeping. And so many of my clients are like, I, they come in dragging for their workouts or they can't do the workouts that I assign them online because they haven't gotten appropriate sleep. 
And if I had the answer, ladies, to how we could definitely like always get amazing, you sleep, wouldn't be on our podcast, would you? Exactly. But I think there are things we can do to help set us up for better sleep. And honestly, the first and foremost thing is to try to reduce the brain chatter that we all have that keeps us so wired and, and incorporate stress reduction techniques into our life, especially before bed, but even just throughout the day. You know, are we always running to and fro? Are we taking the time to just relax our brains? Are we taking the time to you know, you know, like we were just talking about eating healthily that contributes, you know, what are you eating? How late are you eating? What are you eating? What are you drinking before you go to bed? All of those things. There's so you don't want to know. You don't want to know. <laughs> how, I'm that girl that can down a Coke Zero <laughs> and go right to sleep. I mean, it's, caffeine has no. I don't know how it. you do that, Gail. That is absolutely crazy. But um, tell us, tell us really quickly how uh, you said something that. Oh goodness. Um, eating, eating before going to bed. What is, what does that look like for a person that works out, um, very minimally and they want to start moving them themselves into a healthier position so that they can ramp up to maybe increase, you know, instead of a brisk walk, they want to go to a jog or, or instead of a jog, they want to go to a run or they want to do sprints or things of that nature. What is, what does that look like for, um, your eating habits? Like, cause that is a big part of health, the eating habits of, what we were just talking about. What are you putting into your body? Is it fueling it in the proper way? Um, so what's that time cutoff for most people? Um, you know, don't eat past this time or don't eat before this time. Can you tell us a little bit about yeah, that? Yeah, I, I guess I wouldn't say a time. It's kind of like, I don't say this is the time of midlife from age such and such to such and such. That's when you're in your midlife. It's really more of a general rule of thumb for working out, or I'm sorry, for when you would want to eat. When you eat dinner, you're done. Like, don't continue to eat after dinner and drink and do those other things that are, you know, just empty. You don't need those calories to go to bed, right? So unless you're eating dinner at 10 o'clock at night, you're probably okay with whenever you eat. Um, I, I would say that eating regularly throughout the day is really important for maintaining our energy levels. This whole fasting craze right now, like I hate it so much. And midlife women should not be doing that. They should not, in my opinion, I am not a doctor. I'm just saying, in my opinion, fasting messes up our metabolism and it really isn't proven to work for women. If you read the studies, like almost all studies on health and fitness, it's not about women. It works for men, but not women. So mm -hmm. I would highly suggest that you eat regularly throughout the day. You eat healthfully. People say, what does that mean? I think we all know what it means. We may not want to eat healthfully, but I think fundamentally we understand the difference between eating a pack of Oreos and between eating some fresh fruit. So I, I think that to answer I your question. I clearly understand the difference <laughs> and it's taste. No, I'm just kidding. Well, I want to talk about, you know, because I do believe there's women in midlife that, you know, they've become couch potatoes. And um, 
maybe have been doing nothing. And I know I've had seasons like that in my life. And I actually am coming out on one of those seasons where I was really good. I was walking every day, um, you know, stretching, doing some band things and life happened. And I literally got to doing nothing, nothing for months. So y'all, you're going to laugh at this. This weekend, I, f- I just felt like my body was crying, screaming for me to move it. And I think that's interesting. If you've ever been an exerciser, I think your body like starts, it's almost like it's talking to you, move me, move me. And you feel better to have movement than to have rest. And so y'all, I got those shoes out. I had to dig them out from underneath something. And the dog immediately parked up. He's like, oh, she's back. And because he loves going for a walk. And he was probably just a little over a mile, maybe a mile, mile and a half. And y'all, I was so out of shape. I was sore from walking that far. Sore. I mean, <laughs> how pathetic. Christina's okay. No, don't say pathetic. Please take but that But I did don't it. I did it. And I was so proud of myself. I'll, I'll tell you, that it was pathetic. That was pathetic. It was pathetic. You. It was. But here's the thing. She we all had to start time. somewhere. So I want right. to speak to that woman because, you know, the woman like Christina, she knows what she's doing. She's in the gym. But what about all the gals out there that have not really been doing anything, haven't had time? COVID has just beaten the hell out of you because I was killing it the first of COVID, y'all. I was losing weight. I was painting my house. I was getting my shit together because, you know, just in a month or so when that was over, I was going to come out of it saying, I made that count for something. Well. Now that it's been 10 years, I have like run out of steam and just sat here and ate. And so, Shannon, someone's been eating poorly. They've not been doing their exercise. Maybe they were an avid gym person and their gym was closed and they just couldn't get on any program at home. What to a midlife woman who might be carrying a little extra weight, what's the first thing you would recommend her look into? Because I think a lot of people go 90 to nothing and then they can't maintain that. So what should we do? That's so many things as you're talking that I want to address in that. And I think, you know, you, this is the way it works with me, Shannon. First and foremost, I want to go back to your, like, I, I was pathetic. I mean, that is what stops most women from even starting. Or you do it once and then you stop because you have all this negativity about like that you're out of shape and I feel heavy and this is hard and it kind of hurts and all those things that we use as like negative feedback systems. How are we going to want to keep doing that? We don't want to do stuff that like completely sucks. Like that's just human nature. So I feel like if you are struggling right now and you just want to get your body moving, like you said, Gail, which is the fundamental thing we should all be doing is moving our bodies. Start with walking. It's so simple. Anyone can do it. For the most part, anyone can do it. And it doesn't have to hurt back to the, it doesn't have to be the no pain, no gain, you know, that we used to buy into. It's just getting out, moving your body. And when you do that, the whole mental, like spiritual part that you can feel better about, you know, clearing your mind And I think as we're doing it, stop thinking about, oh my God, my thighs are rubbing together. Oh my God, I'm sweating. Those are all negative feedback things. Again, instead of doing the catch yourself, because you'll do it, catch yourself and say, yeah, you know what? My thighs are rubbing together because I'm walking and I'm out here exercising and I'm proud of myself. 
it's so much about the mindset for me. I'm, I'm very, very much transitioning from just being a fitness and an athletic coach into the mindset piece for everyone and how that impacts us in life. And so that would be what I would say is get out there and move in whatever way that you can. It doesn't matter. And then be conscious of your thoughts during and after because that matters. Oh, oh my gosh, during. Shannon. Where, wait, where, where were you at this morning when I was putting my legs together and I said, my legs don't go like super close together. Like my thighs are too big. And she's all, so are mine. It's fine. Just go, go, put them together as my much as you can. My have been touching since I was about <laughs> nine years old. I don't know who the heck's thighs don't touch, but exactly. I am well, smart enough, Shannon, that I do pick, I do select bottoms that, um, you know, like I, almost a compression type yoga pants so that it's keeping them from slapping together and they're just grazing one another. So let this, me tell you, I, do I am intelligent. <laughs> I am intelligent. So when we start thinking about that, I think a lot of, there's a lot of confusion around, you hear people say, well, if you don't walk at least, you know, 45 minutes to an hour, three times a week, it's, it's no good. Um, I like to think, you know, it's, helping in some way, no matter what you do, isn't something better than nothing? Absolutely. I think, I think that those messages, um, are also kind of passe as well, that it doesn't count. Maybe if you're trying to lose weight and you have a certain, you know, number in your head and you're trying to lose weight, the caloric expenditure of what you're getting, you know, in order to get enough caloric expenditure, but you know what? That can also come from changing your what's your eating too. So the for me the fundamental most important part of exercise is that you are getting physical movement and all the benefits that go along with that. You're decreasing your blood pressure. You're decreasing your cortisol levels. You're increasing your energy levels and your endorphins and all those amazing things. So that counts. We don't have to always relate exercise to our weight and to losing it or buffing up or whatever it is. I, I have definitely made that transition in life as someone who I, I exercise every day because I truly love the way that it makes me feel. And that's what I, that's my hope and my message to everyone, especially women. It shouldn't be something that is a chore. It shouldn't suck. It should be, what do you like to do? You know what's the best exercise? The one you like to do. If you like to go play games like tennis, Ooh, I love you, wanna, that. you know, do something that's like interactive, do that. If you like the solo opportunity to get out and do it whenever you want to do it, take up running or walking or biking or swimming or any of those things. And then, you know, that's, that's going to make you feel good. And you're going to want to continue to do things that make you feel good. So it won't be a chore anymore. Well, what I hear you saying is that you reframed your thought. You reframed the thought around working out to be, this is fun. This is something that my body desires because our bodies desire to move. And so that's what I hear is that you just reframe the thought. Like if I'm going to go hang out with a girlfriend, I'm going to go hang out with the girlfriend at the gym or, you know, so it's fun tied to being healthy. So Shannon, let's, can we talk a little bit about the women who, again, 
maybe just coming back into the gym and they look at the gym owner or they look at all the girls that are working out there and they're like, I don't want to be a bodybuilder. Um, can we just like squash the whole, um, um, what's that word that I'm looking for? Just the the thought that you're going to get big if you, you know, push heavy weight. Can we just squash that notion right now and just tell women it takes a lot for you to get there? Can we talk about that a little bit? Because that's some of the things that people think too. Well, I think the word that you were looking for is myth. That is a myth that you can go to the gym and you're going to gain weight because you have all this muscle mass. It is extremely hard for a woman at any age, especially in our age of midlife, to gain weight as muscle mass. Um, you'd have to be lifting so heavy in order mm -hmm. to do that. And you might gain five pounds if you were lucky in months and months of working at it. So yes, that is completely a myth, the whole strength training thing. And what I really would like women to focus on with strength training, because every single human on earth should be doing this, male or female, is that in our midlife, we are trying to maintain our muscle mass. We don't want to lose it. So in order to maintain it, we need to lift weights that are heavy enough that when you've done 10 to 12, maybe 15, depending on what your goals are, repetitions, you really can't lift anymore. You're heavy. Your muscles are done. And that requires you to probably lift up weights that aren't pink, that are actually, you know, real weights. You lift up your kids, you lift up your groceries, you lift up things that are way heavier than three pounds. So you can do that at the gym. And I would highly suggest in the beginning, you either get with a personal trainer or you get into an exercise class with someone who knows what they're doing, because <laughs> there's been some that are a little scary, um, and, and get some, some real instruction on how to lift safely so that you don't get injured. I think that's the big thing, is when you go into the gym and you don't know what you're doing, you, you could potentially get injured. But you also need to be doing the strength training at least twice a week, you know, full body twice a week. It's not that big of a commitment, so it's not so scary. And, and you do it with a trainer, you do it with some other people, it's fun. You know, you've got that accountability, you've got that social socializing aspect. It turns into something that could be, again, I'm going to go back to fun. Fitness can be fun, ladies. <laughs> Listen, yes. Matt, are trying yes. to convince me over here. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> um, okay. So mid-left women, what, what are the things that we may have been doing in our fitness um, in other seasons of life that we probably need to stop? And what things do we need to adapt or pick up? Um, I don't know that you need to stop anything. I think what we need to do is listen to our bodies. And if you come from a highly athletic background where you were doing sprints and hill repeats and hard, hard intensity things in your sport, that we may not be able to do that as frequently when we get older. 
if you're healthy and your body moves well and you don't have a bunch of injuries, you can still do those things, but we need to have more, we do need to have more recovery time as we get older. We need to make sure that the next day is an active recovery day, which means maybe I walk the next day or maybe I do yoga or I do something different that lets my body um, heal from not only the muscle you know, contractions that have kind of torn down a little bit of muscle because you have to tear down muscle in order to maintain and build muscle. Mm-hmm. Um, and I mean that in a lean muscle way, not in a bodybuilder way. Um, but you have to have a little bit more um, intentionality to what you're doing when you are figuring out the exercise piece of what you're doing. Well, should we be doing more? Strength training, I think for most people is the answer to that. I have clients who you know, they'll keep doing their cardio stuff when you're gone, they'll do all that stuff, but they will not even look at a weight, let alone pick it up until we are working out again together in a personal training setting. So strength training is one thing for sure. I also think it's really important while you're strength training to be doing balance oriented agility, one arm, one leg, moving in different planes, all of that. And then doing that in other ways too yoga, Pilates, whatever speaks to you, dancing, something that gets your body in a different way. Oh, dancing. That spoke to me. I love dancing. Yeah. I'm looking looking to do some. Okay. I want to go back and talk a little bit because I do have a personal story about strength and I learned a lot during an injury and you talk about as we age, you know, injuries become more prominent. You know, I was a jock early on and I I had the sprained ankles, but I had no significant injuries, but welcome to midlife and walking across the parking lot can become an injury. Um, I've torn both my meniscus and my knees, which maybe you should say menisci, I don't know, but painful, um, debilitating, nerve-wracking, and frankly, kind of upsetting. It was one of those, it was that first injury that you think, okay, apparently I'm old, that my knee doesn't work anymore. And I didn't really even understand, I didn't know what a meniscus was. So I got sent to physical therapy because at my age, the preferred treatment is physical therapy versus the surgery they offer more youthful people. So I thought, I thought I was going over there and get a massage. That's really what I thought. When I thought of physical therapy, I thought I'm going to lay on the table. They're going to move my leg for me. I saw these other people getting neck massages. I'm like, I'm looking at my person. I said, I thought I was here for that. And my person's doing 10 of this, 10 of that. And I'm like, this is not what I thought I was here for. But what happened was I learned that, you know, those joints that we have that seem to be what give all of us as we age a little bit of problem that I did not understanding by building up those muscle groups and those, um, you know, all of that supportive type elements that when I got that healthier and stronger, what stability it was going to give to that joint. And it happened quite quickly. I was also surprised. I didn't work out for six months. I mean, within a few weeks of doing these exercises, my knee felt more stable. I didn't fear falling. Can you address that a little bit? Because as we age, I feel like the fear falling, you know, and you mentioned balance already. So talk a little bit about strength and balance in, because I mean, I'm sure our listeners know as we age, especially as we 
go past middle age, that fear of falling is real and there can be some real damage done in that. That causes a lot of people to succumb to a sedentary lifestyle and some even very poor health outcomes. So we talk about that a little bit because I think when people think strength, they think, oh, I want to be a badass. I'm going to have strength. They don't understand strength is for just basic health of being able to walk and be upright and take care of ourselves and remain independent. Yes, Gail, it's such a good topic that you're bringing up because this is why I'm one of the main reasons why I talk about strength training. So it's so important in midlife to maintain the strength piece of it because we think, well, I hear this all the time. I don't know if you've heard this. Like I get somebody who's a runner. I don't need to strength train my legs. I'm a runner. And that's actually the complete opposite. Because you are a runner, you need to be strength training your legs. And honestly, that applies to everyone. But the reason I say that is because when we do some, any kind of repetitive movement over and over and over, running, walking, whatever, you're not actually building the muscles so much to support your joints, like you're saying. You're, it's, it's that low end, rep, you know, high repetition, low end. So in order to keep everything in alignment, let's imagine your knee, because you brought up your knee with your meniscus. You've got mm-hmm. all the muscles in the front of your leg, your quads. You've got all the muscles in the back of your leg, your hamstrings. And those all go into your knee. But from the front, the side, the back, they're all connected in there. They worked all the way up to my glutes. Oh, yeah, for sure. And, and then you My butt cat. was stinging. <laughs> right, because it's all connected. So <laughs> My ass was on fire, I'm not going to lie. <laughs> so, uh, yeah, which is awesome. Uh, <laughs> so what You love that. Look at her. I she did, gets off on I that. Do, Look I at her. Because it's like, you know that if it, you, you have to. Like we say with anything in in life, ladies, you got to go through some pain in order to like get to the good stuff. But going back to your question is that we often become imbalanced in life. And I'm not talking about losing your balance. I'm talking about your, your quads, your hip flexors tend to get really tight because we sit more frequently. We sit in our cars, Mm -hmm. we sit in the desk, we sit in an office. Um, and then our hamstrings get overstretched and then they have this weird imbalance between front and back. And then you have the imbalance from the inside of your knee to the outside of your knee. And this, I'm just using the knee, but this applies to any point in your body that it pulls things out of alignment. And when they're not in alignment, so if your kneecap, your meniscus is under part of your kneecap is pulled to the outside because that muscle's stronger, the inside's not doing its work. It's grinding away. People wonder why we end up with bad knees later in life. Doesn't necessarily have to do with the, the exercise. It's all the other 23 hours a day. What are you doing that's causing your body to be out of alignment? So I think keeping the strength and keeping the flexibility part of it as well so that the muscles can move the way that they are designed to is really important. So so with that, let's just kind of take it a step further because I know a lot of women, at least I was in this camp where I did not want to work my chest muscles. I was very much like I have – to our audience, I have fake boobies. I love my fake boobies. She That's does. what I got. She is <laughs> delicious over there. And so I was like, well, do I even need – I mean, my, my boobs stay up all the time. Like, they just stay up all the time. Do I need to do something? And what I realized is that as we do get older, our muscles start to atrophy if we're not 
using them. And so to push ourselves up off of the ground, if we were to fall, you know, we have to have some sort of strength. So can we talk about like, just that we can, um, I guess, debunk that myth as well. Cause I love to debunk myths of working out. Like it's my, it's my, like what I live for. Cause sometimes people just talk. Thank you also for saying stuff about the fasting. Oh my gosh, I'm in your camp, girl. <laughs> totally in your camp. Totally. It's not good. Um, that's my opinion. I am not an expert. Uh, so talk to us about, you know, working the chest muscle for for those women who in midlife decided to get a new set of boobies. Like, let's talk about that. Well, and you, so you have those women, you have women who maybe have had breast cancer and they don't have boobies anymore, but they have the oh, underlying yeah. tissues and all of that, right? So it's, whether you want to talk about it for your chest or whatever muscle group you're talking about, because I get women want to like get like work their core and maybe their legs. They don't want to do upper body because they don't want to get big and men want to do only upper body and not legs, right? We have all that stereotype and it is based on some kind of, you know, that's kind of the way it's been. So it is important to work every muscle in your body, to train it because it has a function. Like you said, Christina, the function of your chest is to push whatever, push yourself up off the floor, push your grocery cart, whatever you're doing is to push. So if you're not training that, and then you're going through and having to do these these movements, how are you accomplishing it now if you don't have strong enough muscles to do that? Well, you're probably cheating somehow in like, well, now I'm kind of starting to use my lower back. And no wonder my lower back's hurting because I can't have this, I don't have the strength to do these things. Or, you know, I, I, my, I start feeling pain in my knees because my leg muscles aren't strong enough to support me to bend down, stand up and do a squat. And I'm not talking about squats at the gym. I'm talking about bend down and like pick that thing up off the floor. That's been annoying you that little, you know, whatever's there. You're just dropping it like it's hot <laughs> at, at the nightclub. Yeah. Gail's going to get low. I'm not sure where you are doing all this getting low, but I do need to pick up things off the floor. Can I tell you girls a funny story though? So I recently just got married and I'm 49. So most of my friends are within that age range. Thank you. But we had dance. We, I am all about the dance party of the wedding. That's like the best part other than getting married to your hopefully love of your life. Um, so there's all these girls and we had learned that you take your heels off at least when you come on the dance floor. So you either bring your flip flops or you go barefoot. But we were dancing for like three hours and we're getting low and we're jumping up and down and we're doing all this stuff. And like the next two days we're like, dang, man, my quads hurt. (laughs) Oh my God. She can triathlon, but she can't get down and dirty. I'm rolling every year. How often do you like do that? Right. Where it's three hours of like literally like. Because I'm imagining your husband thinking, I have hit the jackpot because this woman can put her ankle behind her head. Uh, this is what you want in life. My poor husband. I'm glad he just loves me. I can't, I can't even do like this, Gail. <laughs> Our poor listeners can't even see can't even see what I'm doing. But You know, man. I've learned so much already because I really had not thought about how when we are not 
you know, keeping our entire body in health, that that's what leads to a lot of the alignment, even balance issues and losing strength in parts and other parts become a little stronger and that creates an imbalance. And I love that kind of symbiotic nature you're talking about with, you know, the, all the parts of the body. And I think that's a great reminder is, you know, that head to toe fitness, that head to toe health, even our brain health and, I've never heard anybody quite explain it like that, Shannon. So that's, you've brought us a real truth bomb today. You know, Gail, could I, I I also, you had said, both of you addressed this fear of falling. And I think bringing in the mindset piece of this again is what happens when we're fearful of something? We get tense. We have an expectation that if I do this, then this other thing's going to happen. And then what happens, it's like a self-fulfilling prophecy because we are going to walk down the stairs that maybe we're feeling a little unsure of. So we, we take a weird, instead of just walking normally down the stairs, which is going to be your best bet, you're kind of guarding and shifting and twisting, and then you do fall. So I think the mindset piece mm, that's goes back to, it goes We know back society to- has fed us that, you know, I've fallen and I can't get up. Everybody remembers that. Um, and we, that we hear those horror stories. So I think what you're saying is important. Don't anticipate. Be healthy to keep from doing it. But, you know, I have to, I'm going to be honest with you, Shannon. I am the most clumsiest, the clumsiest human. Even when I was fit, I played sports. I spent, my mother used to say when I played basketball, you spend as much time on the floor as you did upright. And I'm like, well, the ball was on the floor. I had to get to it. But I, I truly was <laughs> and am like fall over a hair. That's Gail. I'm just not gifted in that area. So for some of us, I'm just going to add in, we might have a little more natural fear than others of falling down because it's such a big part of our lives. But you know, it's funny because I watch my husband and if he trips, he has the wherewithal to like roll like he's a jogger. He's a runner. He runs all the time. And like if there's a little piece of the sidewalk that gets off and sometimes he's not paying attention, his toe might catch that. And he's talked about times he's fallen and he's talking about, and I thought, and I tucked my shoulder and I rolled and I'm like, you had all these thoughts while you were falling. I'm just trying not to die. So I do think people, you're right. They have different mindsets. He, his mind is totally under control when that happens where mine's at like complete spaz out mode. And then there's laughing and crying. It's just a, you know, a crap show. So that's, that's fascinating that your mindset about falling could even impact how you fall. Wow. Well, and girl and I is think bringing if it. If you've fallen a couple of times and, you know, uh, Shannon, Gail and I for the last couple of years haven't been, you can't hear me. Uh, okay. Uh, Gail and I haven't been to, uh, Dallas. We usually go every year and they have these slick floors in the convention center. Yes, girl. And Oh my gosh. Okay. So we would wear heels and skirts and Shannon. I fell. I fell hard. I was at my, my heel slipped because I'm, I'm a little bit of a thick, I, I like to call myself skinny thick, you know? So, <laughs> so when you fall and you're thick and you're, you know, you twist and then your, your heel goes, oh my gosh, 
I was just mortified, embarrassed, but then I was sore. Mm. I was so sore from falling and tweaking um, in the, you know, the wrong way. Luckily, um, I knew what to do. And I think that sometimes for our listeners, I think it's really good to know like, okay, what's our next step? If we, if we do happen to fall or tweak or whatever, you know, we were talking about active recovery in working out, but what would that recovery look like for somebody who, you know, fell? And, you know, what would be that that next step for them? You know, would it be icing? Would it be, hey, grab a foam roller? What would be your suggestion, depending on, I guess, how they fell? Yeah, it but, depends on the injury that you've sustained, right? Because you, you, are you going to apply rice, rest, ice, compression, elevation? Is it that kind of injury? Is it just like a deep bruise that you just kind of have to get over? Have you actually torn something? I think one recommendation I would make for your listeners is as we get older, it's easier for us to break things and to tear things. Our muscles aren't as lubricated as they used to be. Um, Our bones might be a little bit more brittle. So I highly encourage people to go get an x-ray, to go get those things done that we probably wouldn't have done in our 20s. But now Mm. there are times when I'm like, I, I've seen people that, you know, haven't gone and then they go six months later and they found out, oh, well, yeah, my wrist hurt because I broke a bone in my wrist and I never knew it. And once you never know it and it starts to trying to heal itself, but it's not really aligned in there the way that it needs to be, you're in trouble because then it's like going to be a lifelong issue. So I would really um, encourage people to do that, to go get it looked at. Yeah. Even if it doesn't seem like it's that big of a deal, I would just get it checked. Um, and then honestly, we, you know, something for me that came up when you were talking, Christina, about your example is that fear now that is instilled in you. Oh my gosh, I fell. I fell really hard. It really hurt. Now I'm scared to do these other things. I mean, let me tell you, ladies, I have literally woken up in a hospital twice from crashing my wow. bike into um, a car both times. I'm going to say the car crashed into me because that's what happened. But I was the Dang. one who ended up in the ER in, you know, in wow. a neck brace. And it's really effing scary to think about ever getting back on your bike again after that. So right. it's a real thing. That's a trauma that happens to us. So for me, it's the headspace that has to heal just as much as the body. And that regrowth of confidence that you can do these things and how do we get that? We take little steps along the way to get back to where we were. So you, you know, if you fell down really hard and you really hurt your hip, just worry about what you can do right now and trying to get to that goal later. But what are the things you could do? You could stretch, you could strengthen, you could get massage, you could do those things that will help you get back to there. And then it's the confidence piece of like, yes, things happen. It doesn't mean they have to happen again. Right. We can we can go and get on that bike again. We can go and, you know, out there and run again just because you tripped all those things. I love what you just said there, Shannon. Yes, things happen. It doesn't mean they have to happen again. And I think we lie to ourselves and, you know, we think it's going to be common. It's going to be repeated. It's going to happen over and over again. And that that may or may not be true. We can, we can have an impact on that. I love that. So 
when we think about midlife, I'm hearing you say that there are some changes to our body that we need to be aware of. And there's, but there's the good news is there's things we can do about it. There's not really anything we can't do. I do want to ask you though, for the woman who's sitting out there and she says, okay, when it comes to exercise, my boobs flop, they sweat, I pee myself, and you have all these, you know, I may be going through menopause and bleeding to death. I mean, these are real. These are real. And these are some of the things we're going to talk about. That doesn't drive someone to want to go to the gym or get active. So what good advice do you have for people who are struggling with those kind of things? Like, it's a real thing for me to do anything involving jumping because of my breasts. I'm like Christina. I'm boobalicious. But mine are a little more, let's say, flexible than Christina. <laughs> Use that word, flexible boobs. They're 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 movable. Let's say that. Um, and being a, a little carrying more weight than Christine, I get sweatier faster. We've got the whole bladder leakage. And when literally when I was going through menopause, I mean, I could just you know the bleeding was a huge issue. So, what do you say to women about these things? And I think that's also prohibitive to people wanting to go to the gym. They're so petrified they're going to bleed down their leg or their boobs are going to hit someone. You know, what What's what can we do here? What's the real deal? Well, I'll start with the menopausal stuff. I think that applies to a lot of women about bleeding. And from a physiological standpoint, when you exercise, during or right before your period, it actually really helps regulate the bleeding. So it's not so uncomfortable and so, um, uh, what am I trying to say? So heavy. So if you can get past the like, oh, I just feel so tired and I feel bloated and I feel yucky and I don't want to do it. If you can get past that negative instinct and say, but I know if I do, I will actually feel better because it's the truth. It will feel better. And what are the things that you want to be doing? Probably not high impact things at that point. I would suggest something that's a little lower impact, whether that's biking or walking, um, something like that, swimming, as long as you feel like that's not going to be an issue in the pool. But I would say, you know, the bleeding will actually reduce if you and the symptoms you're all of your symptoms too the bloating and all of that it really does help um as far as you know going to the gym and feeling self-conscious because of you know what your body looks like we live in an era right now ladies you don't have to go to a gym to start getting fit you can do everything virtually where no one ever sees you and just start to get your confidence built up um and you can do things outside I think that we focus as human beings so much on what we can't do and why we can't do. And we make up all these excuses for ourselves as opposed to focusing on what we can do. What are the things that we can do that hurt appropriately? Like it should hurt a little. It shouldn't be like you're sitting in your chair eating bonbons, watching TV. That doesn't hurt. I mean, it hurts your body internally, <laughs> but like we, we do need to get comfortable with being a little uncomfortable. Like that's how we progress in life. That's how we get better and stronger mentally and physically. Well, you know, Shannon, I'm of the big belief that nothing grows in the comfort zone. And 
you know, it's outside of that where you're going to get the the most growth in whatever you're doing in life. Um, so it could be fitness, it could be your mental awareness, it could be um, your spiritual growth, it doesn't matter. But it's when you get outside of that, that things start to shift and move. And I really appreciate you saying that. Can we talk about, um, you know, recovery? Uh, the the recovery and what that looks like because I know there's a lot of tools out there that I I personally use because I'm I'm in that fitness world and I absolutely love working out, um, but a lot of people don't know what are those tools that they can use maybe you know a foam roller or going to to yoga and what would be the best yoga for you know a strengthening and elongating the muscles after they've just had a a nice strength. Um, training day, you know, what do those things look like? Epsom salt baths. I know sometimes people do those. Um, But what, as a, as a personal trainer, as somebody who looks at the whole picture, what are those tips that you tell your clients right now? Um, And especially what's the best for the midlife woman, you know, in, in that active recovery, what does that look like? Well, I think active recovery can also be movement, it can be going for a walk or doing something that's less intense. That is active recovery as well, because we think that act, we think recovery means don't do anything, right? Just, you know, take the day off, take a nap, go do other things, which if you are a hard training athlete, you should be doing for sure. But if you're not training intensely, you can work out, you can, whatever you want to call that exercise, move every day. You should be doing that shouldn't say should because that's not a good word but you know what I mean like it's good for you to do that so there's that kind of active recovery and then the active recovery modalities that you're talking about with using a foam roller which you know can actually kind of hurt in your tight spots so a lot of people don't like doing foam rolling because they're like why would I do something that that hurts me even more than what I did to get sore in the first place so but I think there's there are techniques that if you learn the techniques on how you breathe and how you do that, how long you do it, that will be helpful. But foam rolling is a great way to, so you have your muscle and then you have your fascia, which lays on top of your muscle and underneath the skin. And the fascia is what gets really bound up. So if you can kind of imagine that you work the muscles and the fascia gets kind of pulled apart and twisted and it doesn't just go back together nicely. It kind of forms all sorts of crisscrossy, crazy bonds that end up as tight spots and things, you know, when you're on the roller, you're like, what the hell was that that I just, you know, (laughs) you feel like there's a rock stuck to your hip. Um, So doing the roller helps with that. And a lot of times with injury, it is working the fascial adhesions. You sprain your ankle, you have all this new scar tissue, you Mm -hmm. hurt your, you know, Plantar fasciitis is a big thing for women who either wear heels a lot or wear unsupportive shoes when they're, you know, you go to Europe and you you walk around for two weeks and then all, I have so many clients who come back with plantar fasciitis. I'm like, well, what kind of shoes did you wear? Well, you know, I wore my cute little like Keds or I wore my flip flops. We can't do that. Uh, you do need to be smart about, you know, what you're doing with that, those decisions. I'm going off onto a tangent, I think right now, but what I'm saying is recovery looks, it looks different for everyone. I think yoga is an excellent form of recovery for people. 
it can be scary for a lot of people because we have this whole like comparison thing that freaks us out. You go to these classes and these women are like, you know, tied in knots and upside down on their head. Yeah, and you're just like, what? I <laughs> on can't... their head, their legs split open. You're like, yeah, okay, exactly. I guess I could see why your husband pays for these classes. Like, that's awesome. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, if your husband's giving you a yoga <laughs> membership, there might be something behind that. I mean, I don't know. I think I win think win. any husband would be excited. But I think that yoga is um, one of those things where you do have to check your ego at the door and just go in and do what you can do. Um, if you're going to take a class in person or, again, online, there's so much online that we can do to, you know, start doing things that maybe scare us and just get us get us going before we have to take or intimidate us because I think you know that's the thing when you're at your biggest when you're at your least healthy nobody wants to you know there was you know a gym that had commercials about that we don't want to show up in those spaces with you healthy people but I love that you know the virtual workouts the doing something at home and you know getting your courage up getting over the intimidation well y'all can you believe our time has come and gone Oh my gosh, you're such a wealth of information, Shannon. I do want to say that this should not serve as medical advice, so keep that in mind. Shannon is an exercising, um, you know, professional, but we are not MDs, none of us. So if you have any questions, you know, please talk to your doctor. I think the bottom line here, Shannon, is move. And as we're home doing Zooms, I know my husband has a stand-up desk. I know you are thinking how I'm married to my husband. You are wondering because we seem like yin and yang, and we are sometimes. But, you know, he does the stand-up desk thing, and he'll be on his Zoom call standing up and, you know, things like that. I've seen the pedal bikes for under your desk. There's there's something anyone can do. I think move is the theme and there's something anyone can do. So we're going to give you the last word on that, Shannon. I think you're right, Gail. There's so many opportunities. I mean, now we have earphones that just like sit in our ears and Bluetooth connect. You can take your meetings outside and walk around the block. You can, you know, go on a walk with your, your friend and, you know, do instead of sitting down for coffee, you can go do those little things. So incorporating it's pretty easy, honestly, to incorporate movement throughout your day. So I, I love that you're ending with that because that is the message that we want to put out to, to women, especially in this time of life, is it doesn't have to look like these scary Nike commercials. It can look really energizing and beautiful and spiritual and blending all of those things together. I love that. And something's better than nothing, right? Absolutely. Right. Well, Shannon, we want to thank you. Your time is valuable. Um, tell our listeners where they can find you for more help and if they want to maybe get in on one of your um, online training classes. Absolutely. So my company is called Achieve Multisport Coaching, and my website is www.achievemultisport.com. You can reach me through there. I'm on Instagram as Achieve Multisport, Facebook, all of that. And I also have Live Your Truth, which is my mindset coaching business. I have a separate website for them, Live Your Truth CO, as in company, liveyourtruthco.com. And I'm also on all those social media platforms as Live Your Truth Women. So I and we'll put I, all that in our show notes for great. our listeners. Thank you. Yes. Well, I want to remind everyone about our partner, Love, boobaliciousproducts.com. So when you're out here getting your um, 
you know, your exercise moxie on. You don't have to do it with a smelly body or, you know, grossness everywhere. Visit www.lovebubalishproducts.com. Get that out. Love is L-U-V. She'll give you 10% discount when you use the code word moxie. That's M-O-X-I-E. And so throw her some support and she'll give you a 10% discount and you can exercise and smell fresh. So Christina, close us up. Well, first of all, Shannon, thank you so much for coming and sharing your wealth of experience and knowledge. We so appreciate you. I know that our listeners are going to love the content that we brought them today. And uh, again, thank you so much for just taking some time out of your day because we know that time is a precious commodity and you could have been doing some other things and you you sat down, you pulled up a chair with us and, and our community. So we super appreciate it. And um, for all the ladies out there listening to Midlife Moxie, we just want you to know that this is a community uh, that we are building and we are going to be bringing more women that will have some expertise in other arenas of our midlife season and come back next time so you can get your Moxie Moxie on. on. Thanks, guys.